Father, we give you thanks this Thanksgiving Sunday for all good gifts that you give to us. In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you. I may have a seat. Well, everyone, it is now 29 days to Christmas. Yeah, good. Half of you said woo and the other half groaned. How interesting. Well, what do you want for Christmas besides faster or more time, depending on which group you're in? What do you want for Christmas? I wonder if you could ask a whole country, whole country, what do you all want for Christmas? I th- peace. You know, I think America these days would answer, we want somebody to make us feel awesome. We want somebody to let us know we are on top of it. We want a butt kicker to lead us for Christmas. Is butt kicker a church word? It's going to be today because we use it a lot. I hear that Dwayne The Rock Johnson may run for president in 2020. Okay, now before I can get excited about that, I need a little bit of clarity. Is this going to be the fast and furious Dwayne Johnson running for president? Or is it going to be the Moana Dwayne Johnson? I hope it's not going to be the tooth fairy Dwayne Johnson running for president in 2020. Because we love a winner. We love tough. It's always been this way with us. I remember in uh, high school, riding the school bus, uh, junior high, high school, and we used to get in fights on the school bus over whose boom box was going to be blasted the loudest because you can only blast one of those things on the school bus and understand what's going on. And we got into fights over it. So some of you are a little young for boom boxes. It was that thing the skate girl was carrying around in Stranger Things. You probably were wondering what that was. Is that her lunchbox? No, that was her boom box. So think of it like an iPod but with really large external speakers and so heavy that you kind of had to carry it on your shoulder and and blast that kind of right into your ear. So we would get in fights over who was going to get to crank this up to 11. And, um, And then the fight would devolve into who could beat up who. And then it would devolve into whose music was sissier than the other person's music. Then it would devolve into if our rock idols met in a dark alley, which of them would be able to beat up the other one? Brett Michaels of Poison or Axl Rose of Guns N' Roses? I'm not kidding. We actually got into energetic fights with raised voices over who would win in a fight between this guy and this guy. All right. My dad could not even tell that these two individuals were guys. Then the stoners at the back of the bus would pipe up. You know, the scary kids back there, the the Philistines of the district transportation world. And they'd be like, they'd be like, Vince Neal could take them both at the same time. And we'd just kind of get quiet. Who are we to argue? Vince Neal, the front man of Motley Crue. He is probably the Antichrist, the child of the, the devil himself. I mean, just look at this guy. There's no question how dangerous that he is. By the way, here they all are today. Now, I don't want to say that I can spot a winner 30 years in advance, but uh, here's me in 1993 with the one I picked to get my autograph picture with. Yes! We are... By the way, he's, uh, he's standing in cowboy boots 
up on a curb next to me. He's like a gelfling. <laughs> Teeny tiny. All right. <laughs> okay, we are, all so, we are all so beaten down. If the politics of this last year tells us anything, it tells us that there are a lot of us from all walks of life, all social classes, all musical tastes, all races, who don't feel listened to anymore. We feel pushed out. We feel silenced, labeled. We have just about had it. And we want a butt kicker on our side. That desire is not just swirling around America. It's all over the world. Lots of countries dealing with this culture right now. This spirit is swirling around in our own homes. I always have permission to tell any stories that include my children, including this one, which is a couple of years old now. But a couple of years ago, my daughter became uh, withdrawn, started wearing all black, didn't smile anymore, hung out in her room all the time. Now, I, I was exactly, exactly like that when I was her age. I would just watch the Nightmare on Elm Street trilogy back when it was just a trilogy over and over again, listen to The Cure, The Cure. There's another rock idol who could really just beat himself up with his own can of hairspray, couldn't he? But I was like that for a reason. I was a dejected, outcast, misunderstood teen. Why would my daughter be acting that way? Because our house is perfect, right, honey? No, two thumbs up if you want your allowance. There it is. Our house is perfect. I can't imagine. But it it was getting serious. It was getting weird. So, so one night while, while the princess of darkness slept, my wife and I, we swiped, <laughs> we swiped, we swiped the, the, you get in there before sunrise, you know, we, we swiped the phone, we swiped the laptop, we, we started digging. We were up till about three in the morning and, and what we found was not good, not, uh, not really good at all. Um, bad, bad languages and text messages. It was about Christmas time. We found lots of messages about hating Christmas, lots of messages about uh, uh, being an atheist. Not just kids, not just kids. There were parents in the mix on these conversations. Our daughter's friends, parents, telling our daughter that we practiced a backward religion that was losing control of society. And that's what made us such bad parents and bitter and angry people. By the way, those parents thought that my wife and I were bitter and angry because we would not let our 13-year-old spend the night at someone's home who we'd never even met before or leave town and go to their lake place. They thought it was our backward religion that caused us to have that rule. I didn't know what to do. Talked to our youth guy. Talked to the elders of the church. I wept and prayed all that Monday. And that Monday night in February... We called our daughter back into our room, my wife and I, for the final showdown. Right versus wrong. Good versus evil. It was time. So this morning, we are starting the last leg of a journey that we started together at the end of July, knowing Jesus through the Old Testament. See, in Jesus' day, people were under the rule of the Roman Empire, 
Now, in Jesus' early childhood, when he was maybe two, three, four years old, there was a protest against taxes that broke out into a riot. And the Romans put down that riot and afterward crucified so many people along the road leading into Galilee that they cut down all the trees on one mountain to build the crosses, deforested an entire hillside to build crosses and stake people up on the road leading into Galilee. So the people of Israel in those days, they were praying for a a new king. They're praying for a butt kicker to be on their side. They're praying for someone to come and cast out the Romans and fulfill all the promises of the Old Testament. And the Old Testament called this figure the Messiah. And all the prophets had promised his coming. Now, in the days of Jesus' adulthood, there was a prophet named John the Baptist out in the desert, and he was preaching that the time of the fulfillment of the Old Testament passages had come. This comes from Matthew chapter 3. John the Baptist said, I will baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. Why are you coming to me? But Jesus said it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. What just happened? This is, this is not the Messiah. This is, this is not the king. This is not the, the butt kicker we've been waiting for. He was supposed to come to wear a crown. He was supposed to come to baptize with fire. He was supposed to turn our enemies, including the Roman Empire, into our footstool. Instead, there's some polite little argument about who should baptize who. And then, oh, you do it. No, you do it. No, you do it. And then they decide that John should do the honors. And then a dove comes flitting down. And God says, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. What just happened? Well, just this. Everything in the universe just got redefined. Everything just got redefined. Right versus wrong. Winners versus losers. Good versus evil. It's all just been turned upside down. And the shocking part is, had we known the Old Testament scriptures, we would have seen it coming and recognized the full meaning of this moment. Because all these words said in this passage are not just pretty sounding words for a greeting card that are pulled out of midair. These all come from Old Testament scriptures. And when we go back, as we are about to do, and discover the original meaning of these phrases, the meaning of Jesus and the meaning of the dove and all of this will come exploding into our lives. Matthew chapter 3. 
After Jesus' baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. Let's talk about the dove for a moment. What would people think who were there that day? What would people think if someone came up out of the water and then a dove came to rest on them? What would they be thinking of? This is the audience participation portion. What would we be thinking of? The omen? Okay. Good. In this particular omen, someone comes out of the water, a dove settles on them. What are they thinking of? Noah. Noah. They're thinking of the dove of Genesis, Noah and the ark. That's the fourth message we preached in this series, that after the flood of chaos destroys the world, Noah releases a dove, and the dove becomes a sign that the world is about to be remade. And there's going to be a safe place to come to rest. And this omen shows you right where it is with Jesus. Even this phrase, the Spirit of God is upon him, that is a prophecy from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 42. Let's read it together. Look at my servant whom I strengthen. He is my chosen one who pleases me. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nations. This moment is saying so much more than he's the chosen one. He's the foretold one. It's saying he's the foretold one who's going to set all things right. He will bring justice to the nations. He's the judge. Okay. Justice, judges, judgment day. This stuff makes us somewhere between uncomfortable and frightened. Let's have an honesty poll. This is an honesty poll. No judgment upon you. Just answer honestly. Judgment day. Who's excited for it? Thinks it sounds amazing. I got at least half a hand in the first service. I want to challenge you to think of it a different way. Because in ancient cultures, the judge did not come to hand out jail sentences and fines. In ancient cultures, the judge came and sat on a certain day at the city gate and sorted things out. There he sat and people would come and say, this one stole my chicken. This one stole my land. This one stole my wife. This one murdered my father. And the judge sorted things out and made it right again. He separated good from evil. And those who could not get it were cast out. He gave back what was stolen. He lifted up the ones who had been stepped on. And he brought back down those who had lifted themselves up with trickery and bribes. Jesus is that kind of judge. The judge who comes to sort things out and put all things right. To separate good from evil, to give back what was stolen, to lift up those who are stepped on, to pull back down those who got up there through ill-gotten means. Now, how many of you are looking forward to Judgment Day? That sounds amazing when all things are put back right. It's just a matter of perspective. It just matters how you see the judge. 
It matters what kind of king you're looking for. Well, this passage from Isaiah says that whoever this foretold one is, he is the one on whom God will put his spirit and he'll be the good judge, not a butt kicker, a good judge. The one who's righteous and just and whose authority cannot be thwarted with bribes or power. Now, how does he accomplish that? How does he make his righteous judgments stick? Well, let's read the whole passage. Isaiah 42. Look at my servant whom I strengthen. He is my chosen one who pleases me. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nations. How? He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for his instruction. Okay, well... Wow. That's what they that's, prepared. That's something. And so what exactly black belts does, uh, does Mark have over there? Uh, Mark is a fifth degree black belt in Taekwondo, fourth degree in Kempo, which is the striking art, third degree in Jiu-Jitsu, and third degree in Kobajitsu, which is Okinawan weapons. So, so, so that reads... And you say he didn't take a break, but I can test the fact that by not taking a break, he's been training like six days a week. That's also six days a week. See, his skill set so. reads like my ninja snake eyes G.I. Joe action figure file card. Right? He, has the same, he has the same list. Here's the reason I wanted to have Mark up here. Okay, when I trained, we had words for people like Mark, and the word is master. The martial arts master, not Sabamnim, not Sensei. Master Harris. But in Mark's school, he just goes by Mark. And Chris goes by Chris, and Miles goes by Miles. And I just want to say that that freaks me out. Um, Mark lets my daughter practice her throws, takedowns, and pressure points on him. Now, that is not the way it was done when I was training. That would be equivalent to a four-star general showing up to boot camp and offering himself as a sparring partner for new recruits. That, that does not happen. My kids have no idea what they're getting away with in this school. Uh, they tell jokes about Mark, make fun of some of his personality quirks. Um, it's, yes, yes, he has this great line when the kids say, I'm going to miss class next week for a choir concert. He goes, I just want to give you this three words about high school and martial arts training to think about. G-E-D. So, <laughs> he's a computer programmer, though. Um, so, uh, masters are only supposed to teach other black belts. Mark teaches everybody. Um, his belt is supposed to be marked all the way up with little gold bars so you can look right at him and tell like, oh, wow, there's like 20 degrees of black belt there. Uh, Mark has no bars on his belt. In fact, he used to have bars and he took them off. And I, I say all that to say that, that he's, he's doing it all wrong. <laughs> Yet when I think about who I want my son to grow up and be like, when I think about what kind of man do I want my daughter to marry someday? One of the butt kickers who trained me or someone like Mark? Absolutely no contest. So I want to I thank all of you guys, Chris, 
Miles, Mark, I thank you for the way you conduct yourselves. I believe you take this art and you do, you do conduct yourselves in a way in keeping with the teachings of Christ Jesus. I thank you for the example that you are. Let's see if we can do this better than first service, uh, the tear-free version. Uh, and I want to thank you for what you ha- have done for my family and, and me personally the last couple of years. Thank you. Thank you so much. When we found those text messages and emails on my daughter's devices, I had a choice. I could be the butt kicker, we don't tolerate that sort of nonsense in this house kind of dad that I wanted to be. Or I could be like Jesus, who stands for what is right and wrong by giving up his power and offering love and peace in an exchange. So we called her back to the bedroom. I had good advice from the youth pastor, good advice from the elders, and years of studying this King Jesus. We sat on the bed with our daughter, my wife and I, and we looked her in the eye and we said, we've read all your texts. We've read all your emails. We know what's going on. And we still love you more than anything. And she broke. And she cried, and and we cried, and we hugged. You know, this was not the story she had been told by her friends and her friends' parents. In that version, I was the butt-kicker minister. She was the rebellious pastor's kid. Were she ever caught, I would destroy her, disown her, cast her out. Now, don't get me wrong. I wanted to. But I had a king of my own to look at. According to his scriptures, he will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. This is who God chooses to be before the children he loves so much. And I knew reading that instantly that that's the king I need over my life with all of my sin before the God who sees all my emails and messages and life and words and thoughts. I need need this kind of king. I can't stand before the butt kicker king. I'd be fried. I knew instantly this is who I need to be to those that I love. Now, our daughter had to change schools over this whole whole ordeal. And it was a big to-do. But recently, she shared an additional piece of the story I had not heard before. You know, she had to go back for a week to the, the original school and, 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 of course, then tell her friends. My folks found all the messages and everything, and they've, they've seen it all, and we had a talk, and I'm going to be changing schools. And what do you think those friends said to her? What do you think those kids said when she told them that? They said, wow, I wish my parents would do that. I wish I'd be found out and treated that way. We all want this kind of king. We all want Jesus' kind of love in our life. Even though it flies in the face of our first instincts, even though we think we want a butt-kicker king, we really, really don't. 
Are you tired? Are you tired of being marginalized? Are you tired of being oppressed? Are you tired of being put down? Are you tired of being harassed, made fun of, ignored, lied about, lied to? Are you tired? To all who, you who are tired, I caution you not to be tempted by false gods, butt-kicker kings and martial arts masters who promise to destroy your enemies and make you king. Trust in the Son of God this Christmas and His gentler, hum, more humble, unexpectedly loving way of peace. The proof is in the history of the world. The Roman Empire or the Church of Jesus Christ, who is more numerous today and has more influence on the world? Where are the Romans? Martin Luther King Jr. or Nathan Bedford Forrest? Who has more streets named after them? Who has more schools named in their honor? Who has more public buildings named for them in gratitude? Do you even know who Nathan Bedford Forrest is? Of course, he's the first grand wizard of the KKK, a group of butt kickers. And we don't even remember who they are anymore. In your own life, what has changed you more? Love or someone who came and kicked butt and took names? What's changed your life more. It has been God's plan to save the world through love and the Prince of Peace since the very beginning with that dove and the ark, with that prophecy of the one on whom God's Spirit would rest, with the Messiah Jesus. Our Old and New Testament scriptures attest to this this morning. Matthew chapter 3. As Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And the voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Amen. And this morning, he invites us to his table. On the night he was betrayed, everyone, this is on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. In the same way, he took a cup, if our servers want to come forward and prepare our cup. He took a cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for the, for the forgiveness of sins. God says, I've read all your emails. I've read all your texts. I've seen all your life. I've seen your secret thoughts. And I still love you more than anything. Come and tear off a piece of my body. Dip it in the cup of forgiveness and receive my great love for you and be changed. This is what we come to celebrate at this table today. Let us pray the prayer that Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, ever. Amen. Just a moment, you'll come forward. We invite you to tear off a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and receive this king. For some of you, this may be the first time you really receive this king. This is kind of your way of saying, you know, I see it now. I see, I thought he was some other kind of king. I bought into the same hype that the whole world buys into, but I see this way of love is different. This way of love is what I need, and this is what I need to be to those around me. So much of your life slipping away from you. So much is out of your control. This way is the real way to power, the power of love and peace. And you can give yourself to that today by receiving these elements. And if you do that, during that time and after service, I'm just going to try to hang out right here. And if you'd like to come and share, that, like this Christmas season, I'm becoming a follower of Jesus. I'm receiving this. I want to go this way. I still have a lot of questions, but I got enough. I got enough to know I can explore the rest on the way. We have a class, a one-day class coming up in the new year called uh, New to the Faith to help you know the next step to take on your journey beyond this day. And I'd like to just take a little information from you so that we can share that with you and come and study this more together. Go further together if you'd like to do that. Let us stand together. And proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. The gifts of God for the people of God each day for the rest of your life. You know, so many people standing around you have had this moment that you may be having right now. They just made that decision to move toward him. And it makes all the difference. Each day, may Christ be as real to you from now on as this food and this drink you're about to receive. Amen. When and if you're ready, come forward. Thank you. My name is James, um, and a while back I was given, like many of you, the opportunity to fill out a card thanking someone for inviting me um, and my family to Lakeland. I took this opportunity... And I would like to offer a heartfelt thanks um, to my Lakeland family uh, from New Star Martial Arts, specifically Mark Harris, Chris Lee, uh, Miles Ward, Matt Ward, Monica Ward, and uh, Pastor Garrett. I was looking for some answers and looking for more out of church for my family and I. Um, This group was always speaking about events or classes they were involved in and seemed to be having a pretty good time with it. Um, I, asked, I began to ask questions through casual conversations uh, before and after class, just trying to see if this, uh, this was the right place for me and my family. Needless to say, uh, that question was answered very quickly because uh, I'm still here. Um, soon after attending on Sundays, I became involved in a Milestones group, and I began to find out that there are a lot of people had some of the same questions that I did. Uh, My children now look forward to attending church and getting together with groups of their peers. Um, I no longer have to force them to attend services that, quite frankly, they weren't really listening to 
because they couldn't understand the verbiage or the content of the sermon. And I actually do have photos of my son sleeping through Mass. Um, the main thing that I found was that in my endeavor to know more about Jesus, because I had in my mind that he was this elusive being, um, was that he was, always, he was always there. I just needed to learn how to recognize him. And the staff and congregation here at Lakeland have helped me with that. Um, so once again, just like to say thanks to Mark and Chris and Miles and Matt and Monica and Garrett. Thank you. So so glad you're here and we just love your family. Karate class. Wherever you go, you are an ambassador for Christ Jesus, and there are people there waiting to be invited into the kingdom of God. Don't think about all the places you're going to be this week. Don't miss a single opportunity to bring the same peace and love that God has shared with us to someone else, right? Let us stand together. This is our uh, uh, Christmas Advent season benediction, I think. It, it, this is the spirit in which we should all leave this place today. So you do the bold type for this one, and I, I do the not bold. Watch and pray. Those who are longing await his appearing. Watch, wait, listen. And that spirit, go forth, and we'll see you next week.